Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. It's great to have you guys. We've been in a series in the book of Psalms. Um, going to have you turn there. We're going to be in Psalms chapter 42 and 40. Three. Now let me coach you up just a little bit here. We're gonna, we're gonna, I want, just, just stand back up, right? This is a song. This is a song. There, there won't be instruments or music, but this is a song, so we're not done. Um, Calvin's gonna read our scripture, but there's a refrain that's gonna be re- repeated throughout our passage today. And I want, when that refrain comes on our screen, I want us all to read it together. It'll be uh, verse 5, verse 11, and then uh, the last verse of chapter 43. I'll cue you when it's time. I will help. I will read with you. But we're going to ask you to join us in Psalm chapter 42. Calvin. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I, would long, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Join. Why, why are you, you cast, cast down, down, O my soul? And why, why are you in turmoil within, within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my God. salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember you, from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Thank you. You guys grab a seat. Yep. All right, let me just pray real quick and we're going to jump in. God, we love you quite simply. Open our eyes that we can behold awesome things from your word. That's it. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, even when I don't feel it, you're working. That's what we just sang, right? Even when I don't feel it, you are working. Even when I don't feel it, you are working. Feelings 
matter. Now hear me, feelings don't master, but feelings matter, all right? And there's a saying that's become kind of popular, I guess, it's more in like conservative political circles, but whatever. There's a saying that facts don't care about your feelings, right? And while that might be true, they may not, you need to know this morning that God does care about your feelings. And the Psalms, all, all of them teach us this. We're just going to be in Psalm 42 and 43, which is, actually, which is actually one big song. Let's just divide it up. But here's what we see in Psalm 42 and 43. You just read it, but like, and all throughout the Psalms. But David, the ones that, are, that he writes, and this one isn't a Psalm of David. It's, just, it's a musician uh, that, that writes this. So um, they are able to get in touch with their feelings. They are able to not just get in touch with their feelings, but process their feelings. Anybody uncomfortable yet? Welcome to Hill City Church, y'all. We're going to get in touch with our feelings. And all the men are like, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go get some coffee. But here's, here's what I want you to know, because this, this is, man, there are times, even when I don't feel it, you're, you're working, right? And, and no matter how bad things might be, no matter how desperate things might be, no matter how hurt that you might be, um, I want you to know this morning there is hope. We, we, we sang or, or, or read the, the refrain of this song together, and the theme of that was hope. And today I want you to go on a journey with me, right? We read that refrain three times, um, but, but, but I want us, we're going to go on a journey to joy, and think of it like a hike, right? We're going to go on a hike, and when you go on hikes, you know, there's like a main sort of path that you go. But a lot of times when you go on hikes, there's sort of little side paths, right? And they're worth kind of jetting off because you might see a beautiful lake or a beautiful scenery, right? So we're going to do main path stuff mostly. Here and there, we might dive off to a side path through this psalm. But I want you to go on this journey with me. And there's sort of three legs of this journey, and, and, and you notice there were three times that we read the refrain where this first leg of this journey, it, it's, it's God, God seems very distant. The psalmist is very desperate. But like God is, seems to, to be nowhere. But he, he, I mean, he, he still has hope that he'll, he, he would eventually be there, right? So think the first leg is like dense fog, zero visibility on the first leg of our hike. Then the second leg of our hike, it's like, okay, God, I think you're nearer. It's, it's, it's not, you're not as distant, it's not as desperate. I have even a little bit more hope because I, th- I think you're nearer than you were on the first leg. So, so think, okay, some of the fog is lifted, some of the things are coming in to view, but your visibility's still not there. And then the last leg, the fog lifts and God's there, right? There's clarity. So let's go on this journey, right? The first leg of this journey, this, he, God is so distant, and the psalmist is so desperate, and he starts uh, with the first three, three verses, right? And, and the psalmist knows how he feels. He admits how he feels. We can start there. Know how you feel, admit how you feel. God can handle that, and that's what he does. He uses a deer, a thirsty 
deer, okay? Now, when we read this, like, as a deer pants for the water, right, this is not a deer that's, like, looking for a cold beer or a glass of sweet tea thirsty. Like, this is a drought, and he's gone to a stream that used to flow with water, and, and there's no water there, and he's about to die. That, that's the picture of this deer panting. So if you have this Bambi thing going on in your head, no. This is, he's hurting. And then he goes on into verse 3. He says, my tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Now here's our first little side path. We won't stay on it long. We're just going to step over here and get a view of this. And it's not really a beautiful view, but, but we need to take this view, okay? And there's a reality in those verses if you miss it, but, 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 but a spiritual drought directly affects the physical you, okay? His tears have been his food. Okay, that's not healthy. Like, we need to eat. We need to eat good food. Tears do not sustain us nutritionally. But then he says, how long have they been his food? Day and night. So not only is this guy so messed up in his mind, his body now, he's not eating and he's not sleeping. He's up all night long. This is turmoil. Don't miss that. This is turmoil. And listen, I would say this as we're just kind of off the side path. We would be foolish to think that we can separate our spiritual selves from our emotional selves from our physical selves. God created us, and we are holistic beings, and we need to care for our whole selves. Let's get back on our main path here. Verse 4, so he's miserable, right? But even in verse 4, when God sees, seems very distant, he, he, he remembers something very vital. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go into the throng and lead them in the procession to the house of God with glad shouts of song of praise, a multitude keeping festival. The psalmist remembers something vital to his survival, and that is his community. I hope, I hope we remember that. If nothing else, guys, we, we had to sit away from this place for months. If we learn nothing else during this whole stupid virus thing, could we not learn how valuable this is? Listen, I'll wear five masks to be able to do this with you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, this matters. David knew that this mattered. And when he was at the depths of despair, this isn't David, the psalmist, I should say. When he was at the de in the depths of despair, man, he thought about his people, his community. It's vital to his survival. But, but look at this, this phrase. Let me back up a little bit. He's, on, at the beginning of verse 4, he said, these things I remember, as I pour out my soul. I pour out my soul. David is continuing, or the psalmist is continuing very honestly. Let me stop right there. I'm going to say David a bunch of times, okay? Just give me his grace. David didn't write this psalm. I'm going to say his name 20 more times in this sermon, okay? It's the psalmist. <sighs> he pours out his soul. In other words, he's getting in touch with his feelings. And I need to tell you this this morning, and I don't want to overgeneralize, but this probably is going to hit 
men, maybe more than it would most women. Okay. But like suppression of your feelings doesn't equal self-control. Like stuffing your feelings. You do that long enough, they're going to manifest themselves in ugly ways. It is healthy to pour out your soul at times. And if you go year after year after year not talking about how you feel, not dealing with your feelings, you are going to be unhealthy. Listen, let me just talk to married people. You can't not tell your spouse how you feel year after year after year after year. That'll be an unhealthy marriage. Pour out your soul. Don't just do it to God. Pour out, to soul, pour out your soul to your spouse. You've got to get in touch with your feelings. But what do we do with those once we get in touch with them? What do we do with our feelings? Brad, you're talking about feelings. I'm already uncomfortable. What, what, do, you, what do we do with these? Well, I'm going to tell you, but first, let's read our refrain, right? Why are you, this, this is the one we all read together. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Feelings, what do we do with them? A couple of things. Number one, I would say this. And stay with me before you take your shoe off and throw it at me. Listen to your feelings. Briefly. Okay? You, you need to listen to your feelings briefly. God gave us feelings. God has feelings. Feelings are not our enemy. Once you've listened to them, then you must do what the psalmist did. You must preach to them. Martin Lloyd-Jones, we quote this a lot. We quote him a lot, but in our five years, we've quoted this a lot. He says, if you realize that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of preaching to yourself. Now, it seems paradoxical. I don't think he's trying to just be all weird. What, what he's trying to say is, listen, okay, you have these feelings. You're going to listen to them. But at some point, you've got to talk to those feelings. At some point, you have to preach to those feelings. At some point, you have to question those feelings. So we're going to listen to them briefly, and then we're going to preach to them. Listen, I'm never, you'll never hear me say that your feelings have the final say. They don't. Okay, listen to your feelings. I, this is going to probably be a poor example, but just go with me here. We have parents in the room. Just go with me, okay? I think that you might listen to your feelings the same way a parent would listen to a child. And here's what I mean by that, right? I have kids, and they'll come home from school, and usually I'm like, hey, buddy, how was your day? Or tell me something great about your day. How was it? And usually, I mean, there are times it's like, it's the worst day of my life. Right? Okay, well then, okay, talk to me about it. Tell me about that. Well, everybody hates me. Okay, well, talk to me about that. And I'm going to listen to that for a little bit, right? For a little bit. But then there are times after I've listened to it, okay, and I've heard it's the worst day of, of his or her life and that everybody in the world hates him, there are times that, that I need to just fix their face right here and go, okay, now listen to daddy. Okay? Everybody doesn't hate you. 
I love you. Mom loves you. Your buddy that you stayed all night with two nights ago, he, he doesn't hate. Like, okay? So similar, I, I think similarly, we, we, we need to do that with our feelings. Okay, I'm going to listen to him. It would be, it'd be bad for me just if my kids come in, hey, it's the worst day of my life. Well, okay, just get lost. Ignore, I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to ignore that. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. There's wisdom in listening. And I would say this, guys. Our feelings can be very helpful in decision making. Okay? But they are not ultimately our decision maker. They're great tools. There is wisdom in listening. And sometimes what we hear from our feelings is absolutely valid. And sometimes what we hear from our feelings should be ignored. It's, it's kind of similar to physical exercise, right? If you guys work out, I hate working out. I hate it. It hurts. I have to do it, though, right? So there are times in a workout, it's like, this hurts, and I want to quit. Well, I'm like, okay, you, you got to not quit here. This is an okay hurt. But then there are times when you're working out and you're like, oh, no, no, I better quit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And there, I, I, got, I got to know the difference. And it takes wisdom. So how do we know the difference? I'll tell you later. Stay with me. Let's move on. Okay, so, so we just read this refrain, right? And, and he's, the, the psalmist is in touch with his feelings, and he says, oh, I hope in God, for I shall praise him, my salvation and my God. Now, in our American way of thinking, our problems should be solved. I mean, I just quoted the right verse. It goes away. That's kind of how some of us think, right? Well, I'm in this pain. Well, if I, I, I got this formula, I did it. All should be good. No, 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 that's foolishness. And now we enter our second leg of our journey, where God is nearer. He's, he's not as distant. It's not as desperate. Now, things still stink. Make no mistake about it. But it's better than God just not being there at all. There's less fog. And what needs to be seen is starting to come in to view, right? And verse 5, man, that should have made everything all right. But then verse 6 is like, my soul is cast down within me. Well, that doesn't sound like it's gotten any better. Like, progress, I'm not seeing progress here, psalmist. And you go on to verse 7, he starts talking about this turmoil. A deep calls the deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. Most of us have been to the ocean, right? Just waves crashing. So, so I got a little story for you, right? So Jenny and I, when we first got married, we used to take cool trips, right? Um, we used to be kind of cool. Like we both had Jeeps and, and we, were, we, we thought we were pretty cool and then like kids came, right? And I know we got a lot of young couples in the room and you think you're real cool, but the minivan life is on your heels. Just know this. We, we took a trip to Costa Rica, like an eight-day trip, right? And so we were like, let's surf in Costa Rica. I've never surfed in my life, but I think I can go surf in Costa Rica. Like who? So, of course, we're out on the water, and Jenny's on a surfboard, and she's doing backflips on the board because that's how it works in my, our, my life, right? She's just good at everything, and I'm not. And I'm like, you know what I think my problem is? I need bigger waves. I'm like, I, I see some bigger waves out there. I'm going out there. So, so I go out there, 
right? And, and the wave's coming in, and I'm paddling. I mean, I don't even remotely get close to getting up on the board. And all I remember is I'm underwater. And I mean, just, right? And I come up for breath, and I'm like, finally. And then, no, another wave just gets me, and I'm underwater. And I just remember sand getting in my face and my mouth, and I'm underwater. And I'm, this is no joke. Like, I think this is it. Like, it's over for me. This is how I'm going to go. I'm going to drown in Costa Rica, which is kind of cool, but I wasn't ready to go. A third wave, man, like it's, it's getting me finally, like the board's tethered to, to my leg. So finally I get in, I'm up on, I remember my face just being on, I finally get in my face, I'm just drooling all over the board. I'm just like, I, I, I just about died. And I look down, I kid you not, my shirt is gone. I had this compression Nike shirt, right? It's off of me. I didn't take it off of me. The ocean took it off of me. Just wave upon wave, relentless, right? Turmoil. That's what the psalmist is describing. What poetic contrast to this stream of water that we read about on the first lake. You guys ever felt this? You ever felt this? I've talked to some of you. I've been there, right? We, we, here's our phrase. Man, we're just, trying to, we're just trying to stay afloat. Is that what, that's where life might have some of you. Man, I'm just, we're just trying to keep our head above water. Yeah, the psalmist understands. What's funny is right in the middle of this turmoil, right? Some of the fog is lifted because there's a word we cannot miss, right? He says, deep calls the deep at the roar of your waterfalls. Whose waterfalls? All your breakers, all of your waves have gone over me. You see... There was, there was turmoil, but the psalmist recognized the sovereignty and control of God, even in the middle of the junk. God, these are your waves. These are your waterfalls. Hill City Church, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know all of your circumstances, but I can tell you confidently that God is the God of all of the wind and the waves. Like on the surface, it could be very confusing, right? It, it could be depressing. But we can take comfort in the sovereignty of God. And listen, just because God doesn't act when we think we should, or when we think he should, and how we think he should, it doesn't mean but he's lost any control. He never loses control. So one of the guys that I read, I've read a lot, I've sat with a lot of guys in the church, we've read this guy, he passed away two days ago, J.I. Packer, and he's written some good stuff. He has a quote, here's what he says. Not until we have become humble and teachable, standing in awe of God's holiness and sovereignty, Acknowledging our own littleness, distrusting our own thoughts, and willing to have our minds turned upside down can divine wisdom become ours. God is sovereign. The psalmist knows this. He knows that God is involved in his life and the second leg, even when he does not feel like God is, he knows he's involved. 
even when I don't feel it, you're working. Listen, guys, you can trust God and be in the middle of insane turmoil at the exact same time. Don't let somebody tell you that you can't. They, they, it's a simultaneous thing for most of us. Now let me, let me take a side path. Just a little side path. I think this is a beautiful view, side path, right? We're, we're going to step out and we're going to take a look at this, okay? In verse 8, Oh, and at night his song is within me. Let's talk about singing for a minute. If, you, if, if feelings didn't make you uncomfortable, guys, we're going to talk about singing. You don't have to want to sing. You don't have to like to sing. You don't have to be good at singing for it to be good for you. It's a healthy thing. Singing God's word, singing the gospel is one of the best ways to counsel ourselves when we don't feel good. Can I just tell you this? I've said this before. I'll stand by it. It's weird that a group of people come into a room and sing together. I think it's the weirdest, one of the weirdest things humans do. It's weird. And that we do it at church, every, right? It's, if, if, a, if a person's not a believer and they come into a church, it's like, what are you people doing? We're singing. There's a song in our heart and it's on our lips and it's healthy and God gives us a song. Okay, let's get back on our main path. You get to verse 9 and 10 of this passage and it's just more truth-telling. More honesty from the psalmist. He's very transparent in how he feels. And here's what's awesome, guys. God can handle it. You can ask questions of God. You can express faith while battling despair. David does it. Look, I say to God, my rock. He calls God what he is. He's my rock. But then right after saying that, it's like, why, 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 where are you? I'm being wounded. You're my rock. I'm being wounded. What is going on here? And it happens simultaneously. Guys, what we're seeing here is the psalmist, his circumstances don't seem to line up with what he knows to be true about God. Are you seeing that? It just, it, they don't, it, he, the psalmist is going, God, you are faithful. It just doesn't seem like it right now. God, you are loving. I just don't feel loved by you right now. Hey, are we, is anybody bold enough? Like, yeah, I've been there. We felt that. God, I know you draw near to the brokenhearted, but you seem so distant right now. God, I know you're good, but look, doesn't seem good you know what it's called lamenting it's, it's lamenting and it's okay and it's actually healthy and you can say those things to God and he's not going to strike you down with lightning he's going to listen to you because he's a father that loves you talk to him about it get in touch with your feelings express them to your father the psalmist Shows us how to do this. 
Because here's what we see, guys, humbly going before God and asking or questioning or asking questions about God and your circumstances, because that can lead you to questioning your own hearts. That's healthy. Right? Because there are psalms of confession like, Lord, I have sinned and I'm messed up because of sin. There, There are psalms of confession. There are psalms of repentance. This is not one of those. This is just, life sucks, God, and I don't like this. And I trust you, but I, I, I don't trust you right now. It's, and it's going on at the same time. But it will cause the psalmist to actually take a peek into his own heart, and that is a good thing. He questions himself And then he preaches to himself again, verse 11, there's that refrain. And you can almost sense on the second leg, the tone of the refrain changes. The tone of this refrain, verse 5, was very desperate. Now, okay, God, you're kind and near. Okay, okay. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. Everybody say that with me. Hope in God. Preach that to yourself. Paul David Tripp says this. He said, here's the question. How wholesome, faith-driven, and Christ-centered is the conversation that you have with yourself every day? Do you remind yourself of your need? Do you point yourself once again to the beauty and practicality of God's grace? Do you tell yourself to run toward him in those moments when you feel like running from him? Guys, we've got to preach to ourselves, especially when we don't feel like God is near. When you find yourself in the middle of a fight for joy, preach the gospel to yourself. Now, something else. You also, don't forget that community part of it. Get other people around you that will preach gospel, the gospel to you as well. And now we enter our third leg of this journey. Like, okay, God, like you're there. there, There's there's some clarity. Like you haven't left me. You haven't rejected me. And that's where Psalm 43 comes in, right? This is a a good picture of, of perseverance, right? Specifically, perseverance in the faith. And I just want to tell you this, guys. There are no shortcuts. There are no magic pills that just get you there where, okay, I've arrived, right? Let me talk to parents again. Do you, like, does that ever happen? I, I mean, I don't know. My oldest is nine, but like, I don't, I don't even see in the near future where Jenny and I can sit down and just be like, crushed it. <laughs> Our work is done here. Like, I've talked to parents who have adult married kids, and they're like, no, my work's not done. It just looks different. It's the same way here in in perseverance, in faith. There are going to be dry seasons. And listen, I know we're a microwave society. We want our dry seasons to be like two days. Oh, Lord, you took me through that. Two days of misery. Listen, it could be months. It could be years. Look what he prays. Man, could, uh, may we all pray this. Verse 3 of 43, send out your light and your truth and let them lead me. 
Your light and your truth. It's, it's, it's his light and his truth that will bring us into the presence of God. Now, remember what I said, right? Way back, there is wisdom in listening. Remember when I said that? And I said, okay, how do you know what to listen to, what not to listen to? I said, I'll tell you later. Now is later, right? Because sometimes what we hear from our feelings, they are valid. I told you that. But then sometimes they are, be, are to be ignored. How do we know when? Light and truth. And other, okay, okay. Where do we find light and truth? Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Sanctify them with truth. Your word is truth. This is not an overstatement. Okay? It, it, it is a costly mistake. Costly mistake for you to think that you can know how to listen to your feelings. It's for you to think you can know how long to listen to your feelings. For you, for you to know when to ignore your feelings. It is a costly mistake to think that you can know that apart from the wisdom of God's word. That's it. You will listen and do things your feelings tell you to do that will be an absolute disaster for you apart from the wisdom in this book. Send your light and your truth, the psalmist says. See, our problem, listen, this is human nature. It's my problem, it's your problem. Our problem is this. We tend to place ultimate confidence in our own perspective. Like, we're, we are absolutely sure we are right. Like, we know, listen, I know God hasn't forgotten you, but for me, he's forgotten me. Like, I, no one has been through what I've been through. We're convinced. We've got to go here. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I'll praise you with lyre, O God, my God. See, the psalmist chooses to find joy in God alone. Even in the middle of this, he worships. Now listen, don't read this and conclude, oh, everything's better for this guy. Everything's better for the psalmist now. Great. No. He's not faking it. This isn't, he's not faking it like everything's okay and everything's good. And you don't need to do that either, you know. His soul is cast down, but his attitude has changed. And when you read verse 5, it's that same refrain. He's preaching to himself again, right? And you can almost, you, you sense and know there's a tone change each time that he preaches this refrain to himself. Doesn't seem to me like his circumstances have changed, but his joy certainly did. Okay, so Hill City Church, where are you? Right, let's wrap this up. Where are you? Are you in a heavy fog right now? Like, I don't even feel like God's even close. Is that where you are? Maybe, maybe you're on this second leg, right? No? You have some visibility, but, it's, man, it's pretty blurry. And for some of you, it's like, no, man, you have great clarity. You're in a great spot. Awesome. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to laugh with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rejoice with you because the Bible says I'm supposed to do that. I'm going to rejoice with those who rejoice. I don't know. Where are you? But, but, but maybe if you find yourself on this journey, maybe let's point to the New Testament, go to James chapter 1 where 
where we're told to count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Your circumstances may not change. I'm not a guy that's going to ever stand up on this stage and guarantee you that circumstances change if you do this, this, and this, right? You give more money, oh, you're going to be, oh, no, you come to church four times a month. You're, no, they may, not, they may not change on this side of the sun. So we have this psalmist, right? And he starts off in this deep, dying thirst, it's funny because you can go to John chapter 19 and there was one in the New Testament who said this, I thirst. You have the psalmist who talks about deadly wound to my bones. Well, that's funny because you can go to the New Testament, you can read of someone who was flogged and then there were thorns put on his head and there were nails in his hands and his feet and there were spears through his side. That's deadly wounds. The psalmist talks about adversaries taunting him. Well, that's funny because you can go to the New Testament and see where Roman soldiers flogged a man and then made fun of him. And then he was hanging on a cross and the chief priests and people walked by saying, oh, others he saved, but he cannot save himself. A taunt. And then to make matters worse, he's got a criminal hanging on, his, on one of the sides where he's hanging. And the criminal says, save us and save yourself if you are Messiah. It's funny because the psalmist says, why have you rejected me? But we can go to the New Testament and we can see the very same person on the cross in the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, everything we read in 42 and 43, that's a, it's metaphoric. This is, how the, this is how the psalmist felt. But we go to the New Testament, we put our eyes on Jesus, and it all really, really happened to him. Hill City Church, when we feel the same way that the psalmist did, when we want to ask the same questions that the psalmist asked, we get to look to a place the psalmist never got to look, and we can look to the cross and an empty grave. That's what we should be pointed to. And I'm convinced. I, I'm trying to figure out 2020. I know it's a, it's a vain effort, okay? I'm trying to figure this out. It's a disaster. But, but I'm sitting there, okay, Lord, you're up to something. Man, like the Lord's up to something. Okay, so why is this going on in 2020? I, I think for me, and, I, and maybe hopefully for you, but like if I'm learning anything, it's, man, keep my eyes on Jesus. Because this is crappy. It's turmoil. I hate it. But here's another thing. Let's not forget this. Can, can we please be reminded that this world is not our home? Can 2020 teach us that? Man, this place stinks. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not even worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. Let's pray. 
Father, may we see Jesus today. In the middle of the junk, may we see Jesus. May we be bold enough and comfortable enough with you as our Father to come to you and just be honest. God, if anybody is in here right now and they think they got to fake it in this place, forgive us for whatever we've done to make them think that they have to do that. Continue to reveal yourself to us in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.